How, monks, can the group of six nuns, three dots, consent to three dots, dispose... I don't consent to three dots, by the way. Books Podcast, episode 159, Bhikkhuni Vibhanga, Parajika, uh, for also Tipitaka, part 92. I did that backwards, didn't I? Um, did you notice that for those of you who, uh, by the way, are, if this is your first time seeing me, go ahead and click here. That will take you to the main TP Taka playlist. Better to start with episode one. Or if you're here specifically for rules for nuns, start with episode 89, part 89 rather of TP Taka. Did you notice, for those of you who saw episode, uh, what was it, TP Taka 91, the previous episode, that Vasudhara was the special guest and then when we did the flashback to the uh, recital from months ago that the scripture was referring to which i think was uh, pakitia 58 or 68 um, that was the previous time that vasudhara had been a guest so the guests didn't change when we did the flashback that was some interesting Synchronicity, a little bit, a little bit of synchronicity. Pretty wild coincidence. Um, speaking of our special guest, our special guest today, Vajra Yogini. Now, Vajra Yogini is, of course, uh, another guest that hails from the Vajrayana. Vajra Yogini, Vajrayana. We've also got Vajra Sattva. Um, he's over here. A few other Vajra folk. Um, Strictly speaking, Vajra Yogini is not a Theravadan nun. However, um, I thought it would be nice to have her here as a special guest. I think that if she were to become a Theravadan nun, some of the things that she's most famous for would probably have gotten her thrown out. So uh, we can... We can be a little bit rebellious and uh, have her present while we read the old rules for the nuns of Lord Buddha's original order. Um, thank you for your presence, Vajra Yogini. And uh, let's dial it back a few centuries, a millennium or so, um, <clears throat> to 6th century BC, pre-sectarian early Buddhism. We're talking before King Ashok, back when it was... Lord Buddha, with an order of a few hundred monks and uh, a couple hundred nuns. I don't know how many nuns there were, but nonetheless, <laughs> wordplay, unintended wordplay. Shall I get to the reading? I will do so. Defeat, Parajika, four. At that time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, 
was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anattapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six nuns, filled with desire for the sake of following what was verily not the rule, consented to taking hold of the hand of a male person who was filled with desire. And they consented to taking hold of the edge of parentheses his and parentheses outer robe. And they stood and they talked and they went to a rendezvous and they consented to a man's approaching parentheses them and parentheses. And they entered into a covered place and they disposed the body for such a purpose. Uh, in Pali, that's kayam pi tadataya upasamparanti. Now, remember, uh, Miss Horner was translating this in 1938, and she has a tendency to leave out things that are lewd. But uh, there was another more modern, more recent translator that, at least based on our previous experience with the first book, of these uh, rules filled in the gaps at the end of the book. So we have that maybe, maybe to look forward to, to find out exactly, exactly, specifically what was going on here. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way, speaking of consenting to hold hands and whatnot. And uh, if you find yourself alone, remember, you're not an incel, you're not, you're not lonely, you're a monk for today, right? Or a nun. Old school Theravadan nun, right? I'm just, if it helps. All right, anyway. <clears throat> Those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about saying, meaning they were talking, not spreading anything inappropriate. Not these nuns. Maybe the, the six nuns. They might have been. We'll find out in the appendix. But for now, we'll just wonder and imagine and visualize, maybe sketch fan fiction. Quote, How can the group of six nuns, filled with desire, for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, consent to three dots, oh, come on, I want to read it again and stand and talk and go to a rendezvous, three dots, and enter three dots and dispose three dots. Miss Horner really didn't want to say all that again. And quote, quote, it is true, Lord. And quote, the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, how, monks, can the group of six nuns, three dots, consent to three dots, dispose... I don't consent to three dots, by the way. Uh, Polytech Society. Yes, always fun. Um, yes, just uh, let it be known, I do not consent to your three dots. Anyway, <clears throat> dispose the body for such a purpose 
It is not monks for pleasing those who are not parentheses yet and parentheses pleased. Isn't it though? Three dots, different usage of the word pleasing, an old British use. And thus, monks, let the nuns set forth this rule of training. Whatever nun, filled with desire, for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, should consent to taking hold of the hand of a male person who is filled with desire, or should consent to taking hold of the edge of parentheses his end parentheses outer cloak, or should stand, or should talk, or should go to a rendezvous, or should consent to a man's approaching parentheses her end parentheses, or should enter into a covered place or should dispose the body for such a purpose, she also becomes one who is defeated. She is not in communion. She is a doer of eight things. End quote. Isn't she a doer of one of eight things? She didn't do all eight. Holding hands with a man when you're filled with desire and he's filled with desire um, will get you kicked out if you're a nun. Now remember, if you are a monk, you have to put it in an orifice. And if you put it into the mouth, but the inside of the mouth doesn't touch it, it just kind of hovers in the space inside the mouth of a freshly severed head, then uh, you don't get kicked out. But if you're a nun and you hold hands, you get kicked out. All right. So, um, yes, whatever means, let's do it. Let's roll the clip. Whatever means, she who is an elder or a junior or one of middle standing, this one on account of relations, on account of birth, on account of name, on account of clan, on account of virtue, on account of the way of living, on account of the field of activity is called whatever. All right. That's fun. Flashback to episode, or rather Tipitaka 89, in which whatever was defined in the, in the uh, Bikuni Vibanga. I said Bikuna Vibanga. I think I got confused by the Hakuna Matata thing. Anyway, <clears throat> nun means she is a nun because she is a beggar for alms. She is a nun because she submits to walking for alms. She is a nun because she is one who wears the patchwork robes. She is a nun by the designation, parentheses, of others, and parentheses. A nun because of her acknowledgement. A nun, parentheses, to whom it was, parentheses, said, quote within quotes, come, nun, end quote within quotes. A nun is one ordained by the three goings to a refuge. A nun is auspicious. A nun is the essential. A nun is a learner. A nun is an adept. A nun is ordained by both complete orders by means of a parentheses formal and parentheses act, at which the motion is put and followed by three proclamations, irreversible and fit to stand, 
In this way is this nun, one who is ordained by both complete orders by means of a parentheses formal and parentheses act, at which the motion was put and followed by three proclamations, irreversible, fit to stand, and this is how none is to be understood in this case. There you have it. Filled with desire means infatuated, full of desire, physically in love with. Filled with desire, again, means infatuated, full of desire, physically in love with. I think it's there twice because once for the nun and once for the man she's holding hands with. So, I mean, just based on the wording, if the nun is full of desire, holding the hands of a man who's not full of desire, that she's not breaking the rule. If she's not full of desire, or she, if she can, you know, lie and pass the polygraph test of Buddha's omniscience, which I guess you can't do, but nonetheless, if she's not filled with desire, but the man is, she can hold his hand. It's if they're both full of desire, then zzz, there's that electrical current through the hands that just kills any possibility for enlightenment, and she must be cast out. Maybe there, there's also the consideration that having nuns like that around will tempt the monks, uh, because admittedly there might be more of an inclination for the monks to like give in to these tem you know this this sort of thing. So if the nuns are all just very like nope nope get away from me nope that's inappropriate, then it's a better situation all around. Where if you have a nun that's like well I'll hold your hand, then that might result in a monk, as they say, intentionally expelling a bodily fluid later that night, which I think is a formal meeting. That's not, that won't get you kicked out, but then formal meeting is pretty serious. You go back to neophyte. All right, so a male person means a human man, not a yaka, not a departed one, not an animal. He is learned, competent, to come into physical contact. More loopholes, nuns. Uh, if you're looking for loopholes, a ghost, a demon, or like a dirty, low-caste man who speaks a different language. Those are all perfectly fine for holding hands with, or apparently like going into a private area and surrendering your body to, because they're both one of the eight things that are covered in this uh, rule. So... <clears throat> Yes, should consent to taking hold of the hand means, hand means, going up from the tip of the nail as far as the elbow. So if you're rubbing forearms, if you're just touching elbows, then that counts as holding hands. You're out. Sister, come touch my elbow. Do you feel desire? So do I. You're out of here. Very strict, very strict. More strict than, never mind, I've already made my point. I'll make it again because, you know, I don't want to, like, read this whole thing and have anybody think that I approve in any way of the double standard. But nonetheless, I'm learning it, I'm reading it, I'm committed to reading all these rules and honestly reflecting on them and sharing my thoughts with you. I'm not pretending 
to endorse this kind of chauvinism. All right, let's keep reading. Let's get through this. We're almost done. Just another page and a half. If I keep reading, that won't take long. The elbow. If for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, she consents to taking hold below the collarbone, above the circle of the knees, there is a grave offense. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So in the previous uh, rule one, I think, if you touch your from the collarbone to the knee to his from the collarbone to the knee, then you get kicked out. So this is saying if you touch with your hand somewhere between his collarbone and his knee, presumably not the penis, obviously, but, um, well, maybe they weren't thinking very creatively, but there are things that you could do and not get thrown out with your hand on the man's body as long as you don't touch, as they say, the junk. All right. Let's, uh, let's continue reading, shall we? Right. Uh, or should consent to taking hold of the edge of, parentheses, his, and parentheses, outer cloak, um, if for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, she consents to taking hold of what he is clothed in, or of what he has put on, there is a grave offense. What? Uh, I thought she got kicked out. Really? Really? So does she have to do all eight to get kicked out? All right, well, let's keep reading. Maybe it'll clarify itself. Because the way that, that this, like, these last two paragraphs seem to read is um, that if she does, if she holds hands or touches the outer part of his cloak, she, it's a grave offense. Um, but earlier it seems to say if she does this, 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 or this, then she is a doer of eight things. Yeah, they definitely use the word or and not and. Now the Hindi word for and is or, so perhaps Miss Horner was confused. Perhaps I'm confused. Let's keep reading or should stand means if for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, she stands within the reach of a man's hand, there is a grave offense. Stands within the reach of a man's hand. Hmm. Okay, grave offense. Okay. Or should talk means if for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, she talks, standing within reach of a man's hand. There is a grave offense. You can't trust men with their hand. I mean, it depends on the man. It's a fair enough point, but still, still. Talking, standing within reach of a man's hand. All right. You gotta stay away from the men. If you wanna be a nun in Buddha's order, just stay away from men, I guess, and then you're fine. Right, Vajrayogini? What do you think? Um, or should go to a rendezvous means. 
reads, If for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, she being told by a man, come to such and such a place, goes, parentheses there, and parentheses, for every step there is an offensive wrongdoing. In merely approaching the reach of a man's hand, there is a grave offense. Fun story. When I was uh, at the temple, it was a, oh, what's the name? Um, it starts with an N. The uh, the Japanese pagoda builder, you know those guys. Nichiren. I was at a Nichiren um, temple, banging on the drums, singing Namu Myoho Renge Kyo, and there was a nun. I think she was Japanese. I assume. I think you don't have to be Japanese to be a Nichiren uh, nun, but she spoke English and she had you know, shaved head, and uh, spoke to me, and I was within reach, but she was Mahayana, not Theravada. But um, as I was leaving, I went to give her, because I, I had my business cards, and I was just giving them to everybody. It had my website on them with my podcasts and everything. Um, actually, this, this business card. Um, that's my design, by the way. See? Edward Reed. Um, so, yeah, I went to give her my business card, and she was like... <clears throat> And she looked at like the the leader, and he came up and and was like, "Yeah, um, that's uh, not appropriate." I forget what words he used. He just kind of like intervened at that point, and then and then engaged me in a conversation about, "So you're interested in Buddhism?" And I'm like, "Yes, I was raised as a Buddhist." And he was like, "Oh, okay, you know." And he's like, "So uh, here, what we're saying is, uh, I dedicate myself to the Lotus Sutra." And he's like. Right, yeah, so you're familiar a little bit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. So then he, he started talking about, you know, uh, racism is bad, and he marched for an end to racism from, I don't know, like Maine to South America or something. He did, did some long march through the Americas. It's like, wait, when I went to Nepal, for some reason, people always wanted to be like, oh, you're American. You know, John Lennon came here to Kathmandu. I'm like... Okay, he's English, A, and B, why would I care? You know, like, I'm here now. I'm here to learn about, like, Shiva and Buddha, and you know, why are you telling me, like, you know, Bob Seger wrote a song about Kathmandu. I'm like, wrong generation, dude. I don't know who that is. Kathmandu. Anyway, where, where were we? Yes, I was mentioning we're almost done if I just keep reading. Um, or should consent to a man's approaching means... If for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, she consents to a man's approaching, there is an offensive wrongdoing. In merely approaching a reach of his hand, there is a grave offense. Again, I don't mind the grave offenses. It's when she gets thrown out that I have a problem. Let her, you know, like, be part of the sangha. Let her work toward enlightenment. She's holding a man's hand. Break. Sorry, again, just my opinion. I'm, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm going to be meditating on these things for a while. And uh, it's definitely, definitely changed my perception. I can understand why people came along later and wrote sutras and sort of like pretended that these don't exist. Because if you want, if you want to get like all of China or, you know, all of wherever you're going, you know, on board, with uh, with your teachings, you just kind of want to downplay all this um, 
But yeah, it's different if you're becoming a monk versus becoming a follower of the path as a as a householder, as a lay person. So, all right. So just don't become a monk. Don't become a nun. You know. But these are the rules. But you're not allowed to share the rules with someone who's not a monk or a nun. Mm-hmm. All right. Or should enter into a covered place means if the sake of what is verily not the rule in merely entering any concealed place, whatever, there is a grave offense. Or should dispose the body for such a purpose means if for the sake of following what is verily not the rule, standing within the reach of a man's hand, she disposes the body. There is a grave offense. I've been watching Fringe. You know, it's one of those, like, the FBI investigating murders and stuff. So dispose of the body means, like, dropping a a corpse into a river, normally, in my mind. Um, But I think the nun is disposing her body. Maybe they're using a phrase that's, like, similar to that. Like, you're... You're giving giving up your corpse or something like for for what exactly? Um, there's a grave offense. Okay, so when be, when does she become defeated? She becomes one who is defeated means as a palmyra tree cut off at the crown cannot become one for growth. So a nun completing the eight courses becomes one who is not a parentheses true and parentheses recluse, not a daughter of the Sakians. Therefore, she is called, she becomes one who is defeated. Okay, if there are any scholars of Theravada who have not been disgusted with my irreverent um, criticism and uh, snide comments, and you're still watching, you're still with us, please comment below, because in the initial uh, description of these things, they kept saying, if you do this or 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 this, you get thrown out. Then they proceeded to go through one at a time. This is a grave offense. 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 If you complete the eight, then you get thrown out. So, which is it? These are two separate things. One is for one of the things. So you don't get thrown out for holding hands, is what I'm getting from the second two-thirds. Did they take two different scriptures, two different uh, writings down of the rule and say, yeah, these are basically the same, and shove them together, even though they contradict each other? There's an inherent contradiction within itself. As far as the way it's been translated, either that or it's a poor translation, and she should have said and instead of or. What are your thoughts? Please share them, especially if you're familiar with these rules. If you've memorized these rules, then you must be a monk. What are you doing watching YouTube? I don't know. Um, but yeah, feel free to, to you know, explain down below if, if you understand this. Uh, not in communion means communion dot dot dot. Future Edward. Yes, hi. Would you um, fill in what goes on the dots there? is not in communion means. Communion is called one parentheses formal and parentheses act. One recital, an equal training. This is called communion. If it is not together with her, she is therefore called not in communion. Thank you. Okay. Is therefore called not in communion. 
be redundant. There is no offense if it is not intentional, if she is not thinking, if she does not know, if she does not consent, if she is mad, her mind unhinged, afflicted with pain, if she is the first wrongdoer. So there's your loopholes. I was unhinged, Lord. I was not in my right mind. I was afflicted with pain. Besides, he's a dirty, low-caste guy who doesn't even know the difference between appropriate and inappropriate, because that is the definition of a male person, right? Okay. Um, told is the fourth offense involving defeat. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and uh, hopefully, 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 um, we'll move on to some rules that aren't like really gross double standards where the, the, the men get a slap on the wrist for doing far worse than the women get thrown out for doing. That'd be nice, wouldn't it be nice? Um, I imagine that uh, modern Theravadan orders probably kind of like go lax on this, sort of like in most like Judeo-Christian uh, religious groups, churches, synagogues, they don't actually like stone people to death for eating lobster, right? Or, or what you were supposed to do in the old scriptures. Um, you know, I don't think you, that you get stoned to death for eating lobster, but you do get stoned to death for other things. Um, so yeah, I hope that nobody out there in the world of 2023 is enforcing these rules by the letter of the law. And if they are, I hope that everybody involved knows that they're playing some kind of society of creative anachronism for the sake of, you know, having an authentic experience of living in a time when, um, Things were not uh, good. Okay, well, um, you know, people, people, I think, romanticize the good old days and imagine, oh, I wish I lived in those times. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, yeah, there's more smog today and, uh, you know, smartphone addiction. But, you know, penicillin, uh, there's, there's ups. There's ups and ups and ups and ups and ups and downs and ups and ups and ups to living today. And back then, yeah, people were closer to nature. And you could have met Lord Buddha in person. Uh, those are two ups. Everything else is a down. So uh, I hope you have a great day or a great night. Happy Valentine's Day once again. And uh, thank you to our very special guest, Vajra Yogini, for your presence here today. Um, appreciated much more than, uh, than the scripture that we read. In fact, I will go ahead and close. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace.
Until next time.